0: This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com and the Big Change Program with Josh Lajani. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a happy and healthy life. Three quick things before we get started. First, this is the last week to grab that vanishing report on how to read food labels. You can pick it up at plantyourself.com label. Second, the transcription project is going great, but we could still use more help, either if you'd like to transcribe an individual episode, or you want to throw some money our way so I can pay a professional to do it, and that will help people who are deaf and hearing impaired enjoy the podcast. Third, some very exciting news. Uh, Josh Lajani and I got together a couple weeks ago, and we brainstormed the future of our collaboration and hit upon the concept of creating a not-for-profit that is going to initially help folks in Josh's neck of the woods, down in the bayou, in the uh, southern part of Louisiana, in the trailer parks where he grew up, to learn about the value and the benefits of a whole food plant-based diet so they can get off of their meds, so they can live healthy, happy lives. And the only downside is neither of us has a clue about how to go about this, about how to set things up, about finding funders and donors, uh, legal structure, board, any of that stuff. So if you're listening to this and you're like, boy, I would really like to get involved or I'd like to have a conversation and share my expertise, that would be cool. You can just email me, hj at plantyourself.com. Let me know what you're thinking. And I feel like there's a lot of excitement around this movement, a lot of energy. Josh, as you may know, is a whirlwind And right now it's just like I'm standing on a spot and I've got a 360 degree horizon of potential movement and I don't know what to do. So that would be awesome. Okay. Now to today's show, my guest Lana Contos is a naturopath. She is unusually a plant-based naturopath who uses lifestyle and diet as opposed to uh, endless reams of supplementation to help her patients get well and stay well. And she's got a great journey story of how she discovered evidence-based medicine and put it into practice and also how she created a, I want to say a a practice of abundance where so many of us in the plant-based movement are grumbling that we can't make a buck while, you know, Nestle and Monsanto and Dr. Hyman and all the people selling all sorts of snake oil are doing so well. And Lana's kind of cracked the code on how to have a medically based practice that takes in lots of people, guides and helps lots of people, and provides her with a decent living. So she's not living out of her car and she's not hustling other things on the side. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from her and from her savvy and from her example. So without further ado, Dr. Lana Contos, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Howard, I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Cool, so you and I met at uh, Wellness Forum Health where you are an influential um, member, participant, uh, leader. And one of the things I, f- I found out about you first is that you were trained as a naturopath. So I'd love to hear your, your sort of background and your journey to where you are and what you're up to now.
1: Absolutely, thank you. Um, always had an interest in health, um, when I was in high school, had a guidance counselor pull me aside and tell me I should be a medical doctor, and that at the time just didn't sit right in my heart and soul. Went to nutrition school, um, found out um, I wasn't getting accurate information there. I had severe acid reflux and IBS as a young adult, and went into the medical, um, community there to try to get well, um, and and had to end up doing research on my own and actually going back to school. And I finally, um, solved my own digestive issues. And that's when it really hit me that, um, food and diet and lifestyle have so much to do with, um, how you feel and your health outcomes. So fast forward. Um, I started in, um, naturopathy school. I knew that Um, I didn't want to be a medical doctor. It was a very confusing time because there's so many fields of study out there. But as I was moving through school, I remember studying for the boards. Howard, and two very nice doctors walked to the front of the classroom and they proceeded to share with us our business model, you know, air quotes, if you will. And it basically was putting your patient on supplements and minerals and enzymes Um, really for life, I'm being very transparent, just keeping your patients on supplements for life. And they were not ill-meaning. They were very well-meaning doctors. This was their training. Um, I knew in my gut that that was wrong. I know there's a time and a place for supplements, just like there's a time and a place for the allopathic, you know, medical world surgery and, uh, pharmaceuticals. So along about that time, I finished school and passed the boards and was practicing and, um, Really, over the first years of my practice, um, kind of dancing on a tightrope because I didn't want to have all my patients on these supplements, um, and I knew there was a better way. So I really believe God is good, and along about that time, I met um, Dr. Popper. I met Dr. Esselstyn that was teaching at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute, and I dove into six more years of school full-time at the Wellness Forum Institute of Health Studies, um, and became a trained and certified diet cell medicine practitioner. I ended up, I live about an hour away from Dr. Um, Ethelston at the um, Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute. So I was very blessed to work with him, study under him, shadow him back and forth for about five years. Um, so that was really um, very fortunate and ended up studying with Dr. Ralph Moss, um, who is one of the foremost cancer experts in the world. And then, of course, um, Dr. Campbell. Um, Dr. Colin Campbell was a teacher at the Institute as well. So I spent six years there full time, to be very honest. That is why I'm the dog I am today. I really do not practice like a naturopath. Um, the only thing I really use are um, I teach my patients how to use um, probiotics to heal the gut microbiome. And basically my practice is diet and lifestyle. It's food, Howard. So I do health consultations and look at a lot of food journals and help people stop, prevent. And you know, as the research shows back down, um, their poor health outcomes with diet and some lifestyle changes.
0: I'm curious what the guidance counselor saw in you that made them think you were destined for to be, you know, let's say a healer rather, you know, they, they thought an MD, but uh, like what, what did they see?
1: Well, that was interesting because, you know, I was 17 years old in high school and actually my human physiology teacher um, went to the counselor and they pulled me aside and he said, and humbly, I, I was grateful and really humbled, he said, you know, I've pulled three students aside in 25 years and told them they should go to medical school and, and you year the third. Um, he said, You're, you, I was just fascinated with the human body and how it worked and the physiology of the human body. And I was a competitive swimmer growing up. So I was a high school athlete, very interested in health and nutrition and fascinated with the physiology of the human body. And I was a good student and graduated at the top of my class. And they just were really, they just were very kind and pulled me aside. And I'll, it really shaped, you know, my life because that never left. My head that that health and wanting to be a doctor of some sort never left my mind since I was in high school. Uh-huh.
0: Gotcha. So when you said you you went to study nutrition and you found that they weren't teaching you the right things. How how did you find that out?
1: I was at a state university that I will remain nameless. Um, wonderful university, and. I was sitting in all these nutrition classes and the the head, the dean of the school and one of my professors was a brilliant woman. Um, she had a PhD in nutrition. And Howard, she was morbidly obese. She complained of knee pain, back pain. She had headaches all the time. She was always battling colds and flus and honestly brilliant woman. She was always in a bad mood. And I'm sitting there as that young student in college saying she has a PhD in nutrition and really she's a wreck. So I knew the system was awry right then and there.
0: Huh. Did, did you talk about that with your fellow students? Did they, did they agree or was it just, you know, they could see that there was a difference between knowing and doing and it didn't bother them?
1: Well, it was really, I was the minority that this was a wake-up call for me. Um, a lot of students in nutrition school, they're just, they want to graduate, so they're just honestly just checking that, those classes off, you know, their list. Um, there was a few um, that were forward-thinking, like I was, and knew that this was not the way, and we would, I would ask. Her a lot about her diet and her personal, um, menu plan. And she shared with us and she lived on, she loved steak and eggs. I'll never forget that. And this is decades ago, so I have a pretty good memory, uh-huh. but she just loved steak and eggs and she was, you know, loved her animal protein. And she was a very, um, chronically ill woman. And I thought this is really awry. Something's wrong here with the system. Did
0: she... I don't know if you ever discussed this with her, but did you get a sense that she knew that her diet was contributing or she was eating the way she thought humans should eat and somehow she was just cursed with these diseases?
1: Oh, the latter. She thought, and I found this with a lot of professors over the years in this one in particular, absolutely thought, nope, this is the food guide pyramid, I have a PhD in nutrition. I'm the teacher. I'm the professor. This is how you eat. And I'm just cursed. I have bad genes or bad luck or what have you. Yes.
0: So you said you had uh, acid reflux and IBS. When did that start?
1: Right. I was in my 20s, Howard. I had a busy corporate job, worked in New York and LA and back and forth. And I saw doctors for years, took every pill, had every test, sonograms, you name it. And it got so bad, I started doing research on my own and ended up basically healing myself, um, changing the way I ate. Um, and then some years later that, um, when I went back to school again and I was older and wiser, um, I got even healthier because of what I learned, um, you know, in diet and lifestyle medicine school. And along about that same time, I left a really important piece out. If you don't mind me sharing around that time, um, when I met, um, Dr. Campbell and Dr. Ethelston and Dr. Popper, uh, my brother was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, a very aggressive brain cancer, at age 39. So I knew when I had healed myself from acid reflux that there was a strong link between diet and disease. And then when my brother was diagnosed with brain cancer, um, I dove into cancer research morning, noon, and night um, through school. And that was just confirmed. I mean, the science is there, that there's a very strong link you know, between diet and disease. So I'm, I'll share, I'm 52 and I feel fabulous today. I haven't had symptoms for decades.
0: When you say you, you started doing your own research, there was, as far as I remember, there wasn't a ton of research on IBS, um, you know, in terms of a specific protocol. There was like, you know, the medical treatments, all these drugs. And I'm, I'm imagining there was some naturopathic approaches, but uh, there was, it was sort of, you know, uh, catch as catch can in terms of, you know, folk remedies or, or, or this or that, like what, what did you do? And I'm not sure what, like maybe can help me understand like what year this was in terms of, you know, the availability of online research. Like, well, how, how did you go about solving that mystery?
1: You brought up a very good point and then I should rephrase the word research, but I went back to my days and all in nutrition school of going back to the simplicity of, of food into the macronutrients of fats and proteins and carbohydrates. I started with the basics there just from the years of school being in nutrition school and I started um Really, being my own guinea pig, and I pulled back on fats and started to watch my protein intake, and really had no formal guidance to do this because the medical doctors, no one could tell me how to eat. So I really went back to the basics, Howard, of I looked at the macronutrients and that, and when I started to pull back on fats, and now we have so much research on dairy. Um, that was really a happy accident for me because I start, you know, I, I started to back down on the high fat dairy because I was pulling back on fat because I noticed that when I would consume, you know, fat, I would be in a lot of pain, things like that. So I started doing kind of my own uh, Lana guinea pig uh, protocol just with macronutrients, just moving the macronutrients around the fat, the protein, you know, the carbohydrates. And then fast forward today, you know, we know that you need to watch, you know, animal protein and, um, you know, free oils and fats and things like that. So that was no excellent question because that's really what I meant is I had to really play around myself with the food. And I just went back to what I learned and in college about nutrition. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think like it- I'm putting myself in your shoes. I'm not mm-hmm. I guess the late 80s maybe early 90s. Right. So right. like what I what I would have taken away from that is oh, I have a stressful job, therefore I'm having stomach uh, upset. So I either have to like l- learn stress management or quit my job, but like changing my diet wouldn't have been on my radar.
1: Right. And I love I had a very I mean it was stressful but I loved my job at the time I had a great boss. I, you know, was in my twenties so young and traveling, that didn't bother me. And I really did notice it was the food when I would eat certain meals and that triggered me. And then of course my formal education prior helped me put some pieces together. So I was very mm-hmm. fortunate that that those people those Puzzle pieces started to link
0: up for me. Right, so so it sounded like you you had a a wealth of personal experience. We call it like eye search rather than research. By the time you got yes. to by the time you got to naturopathy school, so that was it that you thought that they were teaching things that weren't right or didn't work, or that they were just ignoring this most fundamental thing? You you sound like a person who. When you're stumped, you just go back to square one, back to the fundamentals.
1: Right. No, they, um, I I did learn a lot. I don't want to, I don't want to come off that I, I didn't, but they too are pretty grounded in that food guide pyramid. I mean, they are grounded in, you know, the, the cheese and the milk and the meat and the food groups and everything. And then they take that food guide pyramid that we're all taught, um, and they mix supplements in with that. And that's where it really gets dicey. And, and I humbly like to think I'm a pretty intelligent woman. And there were there were some classes where I thought, how in the world am I going to care for patients? There were so many. I thought there's going to be so many contraindications with all of these herbs and supplements and vitamins that, you know, we were taught to to use. I, it just it was counterintuitive to me, and it just wasn't logical. So I the red flags all through school started popping up. And then when they basically told us that was our um the supplement protocol was basically our business model. I mean, I knew this wasn't right.
0: Were they presenting evidence and was there was there good evidence the kind that you you had seen you, you know for that we see for, you know, a plant-based diet and and other things like, you know, long-term longitudinal studies? Yeah um, you know, any, any, like where, where, what, what was the basis for those recommendations?
1: No, you're absolutely right. That was my other, that was my other red flag. And I know, you know, we have other colleagues that have been through this same scenario. Um, no, it was just not accurate training. There wasn't, you know, the gold standard longitudinal double blind peer reviewed studies that, you know, were done for decades on human beings there, you know, that, that wasn't, there, so there were all of those red flags kind of added up, and then it was long about that time. Um, not long after that, that I met um, Dr. Esselstyn and then Dr. Campbell, and then it was like honestly, the the heavens opened up to me, and I was like, you know, oh my words, solid, <laughs> you know, solid research, and I, and that's when for. Years I got incredible results in my private practice, I mean over and over and over again, and i i you know I say, Howard, I humbly say that I had you know very successful practice because I was taught by the masters. I was very blessed to be trained by Dr. Campbell and Dr. Ethelston and dr John McDougall and Pam Popper and Dr. Alan Goldhammer, you know, just incredible, incredible doctors that have really honestly laid their careers and reputations on the line to do the right thing for the patient, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. It's funny because, you know, sometimes when I help people, I I don't I don't honestly mean this, but I there's some part of me that feels guilty that I've done so little. Like, you know, I haven't been like all interventionist. I haven't told them that to, you know, add a bunch of things and do a bunch of things. It's just like, go back to the basics. Like just remove the dairy and they come back and like, Oh my God, you're a genius. Like I've done almost nothing. You know, you know what I mean? It's sort of, it sort of goes against the model that we're taught as professionals. Like the more we do, the more valuable we are.
1: Right. Right. And you know, I have found this because I asked for a lot of feedback in my practice over the years. And that's why I did start my, online group for women because I they asked me to, and I found this, that two things were really the magic in my practice that helped people get well. Number one, yes. The research, and I, I put it into a simple formula for them, you know, the pulling back the fats and the oils and eliminating dairy and teaching them about, um, you know, the science behind animal protein consumption and whatnot. So you teach them the information the gold standard science. And then they're relaxed because they understand. I explained to them what the science is and what gold standard science means. And then the second piece is support from me. And it may sound funny because you're right. Say, hey, stop drinking that cow's milk or stop eating that macaroni and cheese every night you know, for dinner. You're going to feel a lot better. Well, they that sounds very elementary, but it's really pretty profound because people need support. They need to know, how do I do this? I have kids, I travel, you know, that type of a thing. So I really support them and answer their questions. And, and that's the magic of that continued support because things do come up.
0: You learned from these, these experts and you, be, you began to, you, to see the gold standards of, of research I mean, one of the things that I remember from, like, I was in the alternative health community in 1990, I got a, a a certificate in massage therapy. So I was hanging out with, you know, all the holistic this and that and chiropractors. And the thing they'd always say is, well, sure, there's, you know, there's no um, clinical trials on the things we do because no one could make money from them. You know, like, so they were saying like, you know, like, lavender oil and tea tree and, and this coenzyme thing. And it's, just, it's all this just big pharmaceutical conspiracy because no one could make money from it. So therefore we'll never know, um, mm-hmm. did, you know, did you, did, did you get some of that when you were, you know, discussing efficacy?
1: Yeah, no, I did. Absolutely. Well, Good point.
0: Well, what was your, what was your response to that? Cause I, I was convinced I was like, yeah, you know, evil drug companies, we should, we should, you know, if it's a flower, we should definitely do it first.
1: Well, I couldn't get, um, you know, I couldn't get a lot of, of straight answers. That, to me, was a pretty universal, you know, answer. And when we, the deeper you got into school, you were using so many. They wanted you to use so many different things on one patient. And my experience was a lot of them, you know, it was just, well, I had a professor before that taught me how to do it this way, and this is how you do it. Or, you know, you use this oil or whatever, you know, this this tea tree oil or hawthorn berry or whatever it is, you know, this is just what you do. So the red flags were, were everywhere um, for me. And I, I got a lot of what you just said, but... <laughs> I had red flags everywhere. I just constantly questioned. I guess that's just my my personality. Um, it just seemed so counterintuitive to me, and I would always ask and clash. You know, well, how do you know? You know, what this does? Look, you know, you take this herb or this supplement and I'd say, now look here, this is what this does. You know, to the cardiovascular system. And then, how do you know? How do you know? Why do you put your patients on this? And I never got any straight answers. It's just, and I had one professor tell me that his professor taught him and he thought very highly of them. So these are all the protocols he took from his professor. I mean, that's Howard, that's exactly what this one professor told me. So that frightened me as well. <laughs> you can uh-huh. imagine. <clears>
0: That'd <throat> be, be a great answer from like, you know, 16th century Venice, right? Like the master taught me this, so I'm passing it on.
1: Right. Right. So I moved away from that. I, as you know, and, and you did too. Right. And I've, so grateful, so grateful, because I just feel like this is such a clear, clear path. You know, you can't—science um, is science, and the right science, and it's a pleasure to help people, and it works.
0: So let's talk about your your practice right now, because there's a lot of other questions I'd love to ask you, but I think they'll they'll be most useful in the context of what you're up to. So I think the, the thing that uh, you're most involved with right now is what's— uh, the, the, Savvy Moms, what's that, uh, the name of that group?
1: Yes. Um, to make a long story short, as I said, I really asked for feedback from my patients. And the majority of my practice was women over the years. And they would ask me, I did something very, very, start non-traditional with capital letters, okay? I ended up moving my practice um, to do phone consults. And because what happened was I would have someone in my office and their sister would have acid reflux and she would live in Atlanta, Georgia. Or I'd have somebody in there and her cousin was diagnosed with breast cancer and she lived in Chicago. So, you know, I don't lay my hands on anyone. My practice was health consultation. So, what happened was the majority of my practice, and I mean the majority, like 95% of it, was out of town, out of state, started to be out of the country. And I, you know, this, I get the same results talking to someone on the phone, walking them through protocols and supporting them as I do if they're sitting in front of my desk looking at me face to face. So I had a lot of women say, oh, my gosh, Dr. Lana, would you teach in groups or would you do this on the phone? And, and over the years, there was a lot of trial and error. I taught a lot of classes on the phone. But women are busy, Howard, and they're like, oh, we love learning from you, but we don't have an hour to stay on the phone. Or, we don't have an hour and a half to stay on the phone. We love the class. Or they're getting expensive, things like that. So fast forward, what I did was I started an incredibly affordable program. It's called Savvy Healthy Moms. Um, they can get my, they can go to lannacontos.com. They can get the food formula. And I'll tell you right now, I'm super transparent, as you probably imagine, as you're getting to know me, um, even better. Um, it's They get it for $37. Um, I'm really on a mission to help women, because they are the decision maker in most cases, um, to really educate them and support them. And so they get an invitation to get into my private, um, I did the group on Facebook after a lot of thought. um, It's easy, it's convenient, it's free for them. And so I have a private members only community on Facebook called Savvy Healthy Moms that I mentor each week. Um, I answer their questions. They know that I'm not their primary care doctor, so they can't say, you know, I have a lump on, you know, the side of my left shoulder. What do you think I should do? But um, I'm in there every week and answering their questions and guiding them and sharing recipes and teaching them how to do this for their children from the crib to college, teaching women how to reduce belly fat and, um, you know, increase their metabolism with this food plan that that you and I teach, and they can stay in the group um, as long as they want. It's nineteen dollars a month. That is it. She can get out anytime she wants. Um, but I'm finding I just started it, and I'm getting all these emails from old patients, friends, um, colleagues, relatives all over, and, and even patients from other countries that are emailing me and saying, this is fantastic because it's extremely affordable. And there's support in the group, and then they get access to me every week. Every Wednesday, I go in the group, I answer questions, I guide them. Um, and then there's constant information that is added um, to their um, members-only site. It, she can get it 24-7 anytime she wants. She doesn't have to sit on a two-hour call with me, um, and she doesn't have to pay, you know, a few hundred dollars for a class. So, um they're very excited about it, and it's my way to um, teach the God willing, the masses of women the truth, you know, about our science-based food plan and the truth and the about the link between diet and disease in a really, really affordable um, and fun way. And I'm a mom, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm you know, have the credentials to do this, to have the diet and lifestyle medicine background, and I'm a mom. My, our daughter is um, 15 and a half. She just got a driver's permit, so um, I'm one of them. And they don't have to be a mom. Um, they could be a big sister, a stepmom, a grandmother, an aunt, just a busy woman. Um, but I did gear it towards moms because I had so many female patients that were moms, and they would bring their children in or their daughters in, and um, they wanted to learn the truth and get healthy and get some weight off and increase their energy and feel good.
0: Gotcha. So I imagine because it sounds like it's it's all women, even though they they may not all be moms,
1: right? Um, yeah. Is is
0: do you find uh, um, that it's sort of a safe space for them to sort of vent about some of the obstacles to being healthy, including like the men in their lives?
1: Absolutely, and uh, that's such a great point. It's why you're so good at what you do, Howard? Seriously, that is a great point. And I should have done a little mini study in my own practice, but, um, once they got to know me and, you know, the know, like, and trust factor, and of course, everything in our profession is strictly confidential. Um, so when I'm talking to them one-on-one, but this group is confidential. Um, it is a safe space and that's a great point. So they're, it's very safe. They can't come in. They can't sell anything. They can't promote anything. Um, they come in and they learn from me and they support each other um, over 85% of the women that I came across with in my private practice wanted to lose weight, lose belly fat. They wanted to increase their, you know, metabolism. They wanted to improve their sleep, you know, have more energy. And then they were worried about their kids. I had questions from everything from vaccines with infants to helping to get their college student, you know, healthy and send them off to college so they could stay healthy on campus and high school athletes, you name it. So it's
0: a very safe place. You know that teaching the truth about nutrition is not the easiest thing in the world because there's so much misinformation. And I'm curious what are what are the big obstacles that you find people have initially when you start, you know, preaching? Here's the gold standard diet. Like, what what do they come up with? What are their but 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 that uh, that you know keep them from believing you right away? And how do you deal with those?
1: Well, I have, I have a plan and I know it worked because I've done it in my private practice for years. Um, I tell them out of the gate. Um, I show them a lot of respect. Uh, we are, we lock arms and we have a, a lot of, um, communication and respect for each other. And I have them, they have some homework in the beginning. I say, listen, this isn't, Dr. Lana Contos's take on food. This isn't my thought about what you should eat. I'm going to respect you as my patient or in this community of Savvy Healthy Moms. I'm going to respect you and I'm going to share with you the research. I have them watch Food Choices, Forks Over Knives. I have them get. I have them get your book, Howard. I really do. I have them get Whole. I have them get the China Study um, Dr. Popper's Food Over Medicine, um, the movie Food Choices, and um, the film, you know, Forks Over Knives is excellent. So I give them just a few things, um, not overwhelm them. But the first homework is watching two films, Forks Over Knives and Food Choices, um, with their significant other. Their significant other doesn't have to be on board, and, but that I have a checklist that they go through. So they're seeing it for themselves it's not just me the doctor saying look you need to eat this way because i'm telling you to do that i don't work that way i really respect them with the information and the references and i give that give them that in easy to understand steps you know anybody can get a dvd from amazon and pop it in and watch it and then i'll check back with them next week so did you watch it let's talk about it and that's what i'm doing in this group too we're going to have little Um, steps to take together. So she's going to educate herself instead of me telling her this is exactly what you should do.
0: Does Does she ever come back? Yeah, yeah. Does she ever come back and say, yeah, but you know, my husband's a, a meathead. He's a paleo guy. He belongs to CrossFit. And his friends shared these 97 studies showing that we need, you know, the vitamin A from beef and why we should eat liver. Like, do... Do they ever come back with with less than gold standard research that you have to teach them kind of how to evaluate?
1: Right, and of course, you know, simple is best. So I'll use your ninety seven number that you used um, just in a um, for example here. So if they tell me sure, there's ninety seven studies out there. Well, I'm saying I'm absolutely, I'm sure there are. You know, there's studies you can find some studies. I'm sure that say you know smoking. Um, isn't dangerous and th- that sort of thing. So I explain that to her and say, there's there's 97 studies that say that you should eat you know meat four times a day to be healthy, for example. Well, there's 197 studies that show why you shouldn't. And one of the things that I do, I also recommend Dr. Esselstyn's book as well, um, just so they understand um, what fats do as well. Um, to you know to the body and damage the um, cardiovascular system and such. But another thing that I do is besides explaining the study piece, I say to them, okay, do you know people that have done this? And let me see how they, you know, I, I ask them to find some people in their lives and say, okay, who do you know that does this? Who do you know that eats this way? Because, and just watch them because I promise you if they are eating meat, which I've had patients in my office, I'm sure you have too, that they are on paleo or they're doing CrossFit or what have you, they're eating meat six times a day and they really truly are. I've had them in my office. And they end up with kidney issues. They end up with autoimmune diseases. They end up with all sorts of, of negative health outcomes. So I share with them like I want you to watch people I want you to see because they may feel good right now but just watch them month after month year after year Um, and I tell them let's try this for 30 days really I don't like the word try but let's do it all the way let's get rid of the dairy and you know do the whole food plan all the way the way the science shows and tell me how you feel at the end of 30 days. So I do a few different things with her. So it's coming at her from all different directions. What
0: what sort of uh, strategies do you have for people who are on board? They're, they totally get it. They've watched all the movies and yet they'll come in, you know, and, and they'll, Post a confession on the Facebook page, like I don't know why I did it, but I had two slices of pizza last night, or we were up late and I lost control and I finished off the Ben and Jerry's in the fridge. What's what sort of um, behavioral strategies do you do you offer? You know, assuming that that your people have that problem, which you know mine do.
1: Sure. Now, well, first of all, I'm all about life isn't perfect, and I'm all about I want you to live life. I want you. To not beat yourself up, I'm all about rule number one. Nobody's going to beat you up, or you're not going to beat yourself up. Um, so that's number one. And number two, we we revisit, you know, the sanitizing the house. And I explained to her. Listen, your brain thinks you're uh, still fifty thousand years in the past. Your brain doesn't know it's 2017, and there's food on every street corner. It thinks you know you might go into starvation mode if uh, spring comes late, so to speak. So. The second thing I do besides having her not beat herself up is make sure that her house is sanitized. Um, and I tell her, listen, and I'm very transparent, very open with my clients and with my Savvy Healthy Mom group. I'm like, listen, if somebody told me that I could eat row after row of Oreos every day and be healthy, I would do it. I love Oreos. You know, and if somebody told me I could have a plate of French fries every night for dinner, I would do it because I love French fries. And I'm like, oh my God, really? Um but I don't have them in my house. I mean, I have to go drive to get them. And I mean, that's pretty, if I'm going to go drive to the store and buy things that I know that are damaging to my health or that are going to put belly fat on me or fat on my body, that's a whole nother ball game that you're dealing with. And the other thing that I share with her, the last thing is don't beat yourself up, clean out your house, sanitize it, um, and share with her, I feel that way too. Human beings crave salt, sugar, and fat. But I also share with her that if she'll give herself a chance, at least about 21 days, your taste buds really do downregulate and you start to crave healthier foods. And then I find out what she likes. Like, is she a chocolate woman? Does she like sweet coffee with cream and sugar in it? You know, what's her fix that she needs? And then I help her make a substitute for that. You know, I have great substitutes for like, skinny lattes and tea lattes and coffee lattes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I teach her how to have chocolate that's dairy free and treats and things like that based on what she wants. I hope that is the answer you were looking for, but it's a few stages that I help her with.
0: Gotcha. One interesting things you mentioned, you know, the, uh, the model and how many people you can reach with this model and that it's very, very affordable. And I'm thinking about back to what you said about the naturopaths coming and teaching, like here's your business model, right? And your business model was to, to peddle all the, all the supplements that you're going to get a cut from because they have to do it for the rest of their lives. It sure is a different business model that you have now from that. And also from almost everyone else doing health promotion from health coaches, to you know, pra- practicing doctors. How, how did how did you come up with this, and what made you realize that it was going to work?
1: Well, I'm I'm the research girl, um, business wise as well, and Facebook just is hitting everyone in the face. No pun intended. Um, it's out there, and I'll tell you, Howard, from the bottom of my heart. When my brother died, as you can imagine, I think we all have a story of grief and sadness. I mean, we all have a story. I'm not the only person in the world that has had a tragedy in their family. I'm quite sure of it. Um, But as my brother was dying, I promised him that I was going to find a way to teach large groups, and especially, you know, women, large groups. I was going to find a way to do it and find a way to do it affordably. So I kept asking questions, I kept looking for people and making phone calls and finding people that, you know, were experts in their field of, um, you know, social media and different things. And this has been, I would say, a long time coming. And recently, I just put it together because I just said, you know, now is the time. Now is the time. If I'm going to do this, I have to do it right now. Um, But I went to a lot of people, went to a lot of experts. I um, actually took a lot of classes over the years, the last five or six years, um, in business, in teaching in groups, in how do you do it logistically, what kind of help do I need to do this? And then I asked my patients and my you know, clients that I had had for years and years, what would you like? What do you want to see? Um, what do you want to learn about? What format do you want to learn? And they were like, oh, my God. Good Lord, Lana, if I could get into Facebook or if I could have access to you and you're going to answer our questions once a week and it's super, you know, crazy affordable, you know, they're like, I'm in, I'm in. They they didn't want at least my my community um, of women over the years that knows me as, you know, Dr. Lana, they didn't want the long, long um classes, they just wanted bottom line. They're like, okay, how do I do it? How do I grocery shop? And, and they wanted the support because life changes. You move from taking care of infants and toddlers or dating or being single and moving through life and getting married and kids and working and then you have aging parents and, you know, there's all these stages of life that they need support in. I found that you can teach them this food plan, um, but it doesn't mean it's going to last for them. Because the support is the magic. And the access to me to answer questions, that's, that's the keys to their kingdom, I found over the years. Because my most successful patients over the years were the ones that were in my long-term programs that had access to me to get their quick questions answered. They fared the best. So I knew that I had to put something together where they had access to me and I knew it had to be really affordable and I had to find a community that would house it very easily. And that's why I chose Facebook.
0: So do you find that there's people who need more than that? So do you have like, you know, higher tiers of access where people, you know, can email you or call you um, or is that not necessary?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. I actually, this week I had to um, autoimmune, clients that are coming on board and I have one who um, really wants to lose weight and has some other um, pretty serious digestive issues going on. So they can email me privately and I talk to them um, for a few minutes. Again, I work very different than most doctors. I I talk to them at no cost. I just want to make sure they're really serious about it. Um, And I talk to them for 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes and see if we're a fit. I find out what's going on with her, um, make sure, you know, that's in my scope, that's in my training, and usually it is, and um, I'll share my, I have a couple private programs, and yes, they're quite a bit more expensive, but they'll get that private access to me. They'll get, I will go over their food journals, I'll go over their medical history, their intake forms, and that kind of thing. So I do have two other tiers for private
0: clients. So before I let you go, I want to ask about Operation Healthy Girlfriend, which I heard about um, you know, for a couple of years now at Wellness Forum Health. And it's, it seems to be a really savvy and fun way to spread this message. You know, all of us in the plant-based community and the plant-based health community are looking for ways to mainstream it, to get sort of ordinary people on board because we feel like we're such a fringe so much of the time. Can you talk about Operation Healthy Girlfriend, like how the idea came about and how it evolved?
1: Right. I'd love to. Thank you. Um, I started doing girlfriend dinners as, you know, Dr. Lana Contos. I started doing free health talks in my community for years. I would do it at restaurants, country clubs, yoga studios, you name it. I would do a health talk. Um, we would have healthy food, you know, plant based food. They could, we had wine. It was a very fun, social atmosphere. It was usually at a restaurant. Then I would do a free health talk. Um, It was very transparent. Then they knew that if they wanted to come into my private practice, they could do that. And they would just, it was a way really to fill my private practice. But they knew that ahead of time. There was no charge for the event. I did a free health talk. We actually collected for a local charity as well, Um and we had healthy food, whether it was at a restaurant or a club or something, I worked with the chefs and we served a healthy appetizer or healthy meal. Um and they could have a glass of wine or a martini or a salad or whatever. I wasn't the food police at all. They had their um even though the offerings were in the main very healthy, um fun fun night, health talk, and then they could come into my practice and I did that for years very successfully. Um, And as you know, I am longtime friends with Dr. Pam Popper, who is amazing, and Dr. Popper is the Executive Director at Wellness Form Health in Columbus, Ohio. So Dr. Popper and I are friends, and we've been chit-chatting over the years about doing, collaborating, and, and doing a venture together, and she loved my girlfriend dinners. And fast forward, we started Operation Healthy Girlfriend a year ago in January, and it's It's a similar model where we have chapter leaders that are trained, these women are trained in um, food over medicine, they're trained in women's health, they're trained in the informed health classes at Wellness Forum um, Health and Wellness Forum Institute of Health Studies. So they're trained chapter leaders that lead the health talks each month and these women come and sometimes it's at a restaurant, sometimes we do it at women's homes. Um, we're doing ours in two months at a fun dance studio in town. So we're going to do a little exercise dance class and we're bringing healthy plant-based snacks and bringing wine. And then I'm doing a health talk on exercise and weight loss that night. So it can be anywhere at someone's home or at a restaurant and they come and hear a health talk. Um, there is a, um, membership fee. It's 159 the first year. And then it's just, um, 99 each year after that that includes membership to wellness forum health as well um, We meet once a month for a late health talk for some healthy food um, And some girlfriend time and it it works beautifully. It really does. It's really kind of a light version of Wellness like you said we want to get to the masses we want to get to mainstream um, but that's it um, operationhealthygirlfriend.com or, um, wellnessforumhealth.com. You can get information there on that.
0: What have you found from the franchising of it? Cause you know, there's always, there's always a thing where, you know, the person who starts it, it seems like they have some sort of like magical ability to make it work. And then when other people try it, it kind of falls flat. What, what are you finding in terms of replicability across the country?
1: Great question, and I think anything great. There's a book, Good to Great, Jim Collins. It takes time. Um, yes, because I'm educated, and the doctor, and Doctor, you know, Doctor Popper, same thing. Educated, she's a doctor, so Doctor Pam or myself could get up and teach these classes. You know, with our eyes closed, it's what we do. Um, So what we did is we are training, um, and I don't run the day-to-day operations. That is all run in Columbus. I'm the founder of the company, um, and I'll do talks and things like that to promote it and teach about it. Um, But it's all run in Columbus, and our chapter leaders go through a training. Um, You're absolutely right. Initially, we thought, let's Let's have some amazing women, you know, because women are educated in all different areas and we've got teachers and um, nurses and principals and accountants and attorneys. and um, But it doesn't mean that they're educated in, you know, whole food, plant-based nutrition, proper science-based education like you would get at the Wellness Forum Institute of Health Studies. So our chapter leaders do have to go through training and that's going to be the magic. So you can't duplicate as fast um, until you have properly trained um, chapter leaders, because you do have to field um, a lot of questions when you're doing your monthly girlfriend events. So you do need to be properly trained um, in whole food plant based nutrition. Does that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and it's great that you're sort of rolling and adapting, and, and discovering that so that the um, you know the standards remain high for the for the for the brand experience.
1: Yes, exactly. We'd rather take longer and do it right. Um, And that's why, I mean, everything is run, you know, from Columbus, because that woman who wants to be a chapter leader, first of all, it's a commitment. She needs to be able to host an event monthly in her hometown. I mean, it will change her life. You know, she gets healthier as well. But besides the monthly commitment of bringing that group of women together and hosting it, um, she's got to be educated and got to be willing to, if she's not already um, got to go, she needs to go through those classes and be very well educated and very comfortable um, teaching and fielding questions um, in plant-based nutrition. And, you know, you know, Dr. Popper's school and her classes are stellar so
0: this woman is getting um, an incredible education in plant-based nutrition. Right. So, you know, in, in closing, there are so many people I know who sort of stumble into the world of healthy lifestyle, of plant-based nutrition, and, you know, just as, as patients, as, uh, as clients, and then they get all excited and then they want to do it professionally. And so what people often do is they'll go to uh you know IIN Institute for Integrated Nutrition and you know spend 5 to 10,000 bucks getting a coaching certificate or they'll they'll go to a lo- their local wellness you know, branch of the university and get a coaching certificate or they think they have to go back to medical school and spend the next 10 years and you have a model where you know you you have put in the time but it's it's um what, what do you think someone you know that I just described who is like a, a really engaged amateur and wants to start making a difference, what have you learned in your life and business trajectory that might help them figure out how to begin contributing in a way that can sustain them as well?
1: No, great question. And I'm happy to answer that one because it is the magic question. We need lots of people. Um, doing this is they have to get the right education and they have to be open-minded enough. And I tell people, throw your ego out the window first and realize that all the training out there is not the right training. You know, sometimes you have a doctorate or what have you and you have to look back and say, hmm, is this really the right science-based training that's going to get results in my clients? And you know, I would highly recommend um, that they go to a few places. Number one, I I can't say enough about Dr. Popper's school, the Wellness Forum Institute of Health Studies in Columbus, Ohio. Um, Phenomenal. You know, Dr. Campbell, the um, uh, Colin Campbell Foundation, um, his plant-based nutrition um, program. You know, Dr. John McDougall teaches it the right way through his, certification program. Um, you know, Dr. Barnard has a physician's committee for responsible medicine. He does teach, you know, um, veganism, but the, the reasons behind that, and he has an incredible, incredible, you know, career and, um, I've been trained by him as well. So I would tell them, You know, contact, you know, the Wallace Form Institute of Health Studies. Look into Dr. Campbell, Dr. McDougall, um, Dr. Barnard, and get the right education. And then the other piece of it is, you're right, Howard, is there's got to be some business education in there, too. There's got to be business and marketing. And I'll tell you probably the most important thing. I'm really going to put myself out there. um, I don't have the personality to Put myself out there. So that was very hard for me to make this decision to just do, go out and I'm going to put myself online and do the Facebook thing and all of that and do the Savvy Healthy Moms group and the whole bit and relaunch Lana Contos. I realized this is so not about me. So that's what I would tell everyone that wants to go into this field. It's not about you. Put yourself out there, get the right in, the right education from me organizations that I just mentioned and go out there and do it. It's not about you. We need people to lock arms in our world, Howard, and go out there and teach people the truth about diet and disease. So it's not about you go out there and get the right education and get some business background and do it.
0: I love it. I love it. That's uh, those are such great inspirational words and, and marching order for folks who are listening to this and who've been wondering like, how do, how do I, how do I make a difference? And the truth is you can't just hang up a shingle with no experience or knowledge. But the truth is also you could spend 20 years collecting degrees and certifications that aren't relevant and aren't helpful. And you've just given us the benefit of like 35 years of filtering mm-hmm. to, uh, to yeah. give us, you know, the, just a really straight path to, to the best information. So um, that's right. Yeah, Dr. Lana Contos, thank you so much for all you're doing. Um, so if people want to find out more, they can just go to lanacontos.com. Spell that out for the people who are not going to be uh, reading the show notes.
1: Oh, thank you. It's L-A-N-A-K-O-N like Nancy, T like Thomas, O-S like sugar. lanacantos.com.
0: Great. And, and uh, they can find out all about... Savvy, healthy moms?
1: Absolutely. They can get a free gift. They can download the formula for $37. They can get in the Facebook group for a week for a dollar just to check it out and see see if they like it or not. So I'd be honored to help anyone out there reach out to me. I'd be happy and thrilled to get to know you.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I've I've learned a lot from this as well. So if um, people start hearing from me about a Facebook group, a low cost Facebook group, they'll know where I've stolen the idea from. So uh,
1: do it, do it for the guys, Howard. We'll, we'll talk, we'll talk. <laughs> We've got to help everybody out there.
0: <laughs> right? It's funny, but like ninety five percent of my clients are women. So uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll work together.
0: So uh, yeah, we we I, you know I, we do have to figure out a way to uh, to get the dudes more interested in in their health and in their families and i think that's probably the uh you know the mission of the next 20 years is to to kind of balance out you know the a masculine agenda that involves caring for for body and for others
1: oh you're right you're absolutely right i see guys all the time they have their you know protein shakes and their supplements they're going to the gym and working out you're absolutely right they need educated
0: all right well with you as a, uh, as a model, I'll, I'll roll up my sleeves. So thanks again for taking the time today.
1: Thank you, Howard. Thanks so much. Have a great
0: day. You too. Be well. If you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. For more information about the Big Change Program, led by me and Josh Lajani, visit bigchangeprogram.com. You can get a free trial of the program. We haven't opened the doors yet, but we probably will soon in some form or another. So if you're interested, you could take a free test drive at bigchangeprogram.com. And be sure to check out the show notes for today's episode with links to Lana Contos's various projects and wellness form health at plantyourself.com 207. If you're new to the show, You can catch up on 206 archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. And if you get the podcast, but not my occasional newsletter, the big change bulldog, you can sign up and get the label literacy report at the same time. This is your last week to do so at plantyourself.com slash label. Big thanks to the plant yourself podcast transcription core, including Marjorie Leon, Tracy Scharf, Beth Hellman, Smiley Reed and Vivica Vale, And thanks to plant yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Tina, Ahern, Jen Volkanovsky, David Bysak, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolmanova, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrew, Josina, Julianne Rowland, Stu Dolnik, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Fronzek, Jeanette Benham, for your generous support of the podcast. If you would like to challenge my lungs... You can make a contribution and get your name on that list over at plantyourself.com, right sidebar, either donate or Patreon for a one-time or ongoing gift to help this podcast. Thanks also to Will Hour for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, com. And if you would like to support the show, but you don't have cash to throw its way, You can share this and other episodes on social media and via email. And most importantly, you can write a review on iTunes. I haven't gotten a new review since April 4th. It's been a dry month for reviews and they help so, so much. Hey, in garden news, the basil seedlings are up, most of them. Anyway, I planted 144 and I've got about 100 up, which is pretty good. But it tells me, you know, reminds me not to put all my basil seeds in one basket. Um, Gosh, it's amazing how many metaphors are sort of animal food-based. I also planted three native apple trees, which I'm hoping are going to be happy in this soil and are going to bloom and, and deliver delicious, crunchy, fruity, sweet goodness in a few years. At this moment, we're dealing with our third consecutive day of heavy rain, and aside from not being able to go out into the garden, it's definitely affected my mood. I definitely feel... Lower, looking at the clouds, hearing the patter, the, the ceaseless patter. But some part of me, and this is a little bit different from my my younger self. Some part of me, even in the midst of kind of sitting in this semi gloom, knows that this is the way of life, and and I can hang on to the big picture a little bit better and imagine a pesto and apples in my future, even as I'm surrounded by kind of a little bit of lowness right now, and uh, contributing to that. Lowness in, in running news, I've got a, some sort of stomach bug and my hip adductor is still not quite healed. So if you're following me on Strava, you will see no Strava brags this week. And my goal is to heal. Um, I hope to get back to, uh, to some exercise this weekend. I've got a, a, an old man's ultimate tournament, 50 and over. Um, but I'd like to heal in order to do a good job at the 5K the weekend after next, May 6th, 6th and 7th to raise money for a climbing wall for a local middle school. So that's it for this week. As always, be well, my friend.